Hi listeners, let's play a little game. It's called Two Truths and a Lie. For those of you who aren't familiar with this game, I'm gonna tell you all three facts about me. Two will be true and only one will be a lie. Ready? Number one, I graduated summa cum laude from ASU's Sandra Day O'Connor Law School in 2017. I passed the bar that same year on my first try. Number two, I have traveled to 26 different countries and I am fluent in three different languages, English, Spanish, and French. And number three, in 2011, when I was 19 years old, I did an ad campaign for Gap Jeans. It ran in their spring catalog the following year. Are you ready to guess which fact is fake? Well, that's right, they all are. In reality, I'm a pretty average person. I have a master's degree in education and I'm a stay-at-home mom to a one-year-old boy. I've traveled to a handful of countries and I know about a hundred words in Spanish. Not too bad when all is said and done, but definitely not as impressive as the lies I told earlier. But why would I lie to you all, my wonderful, beautiful listeners? Because today we are diving into the world of influencers. This world is fraught with lies and full of deception, and I'm here to tell you, don't fall for that. Influencers reach every topic and every demographic, but what is an influencer and why are they so influential? An influencer is someone who typically has a following in a specific niche, something like fashion, who has the power to influence the purchase decisions of others. According to Wired.com, the term is shorthand for someone or something with the power to affect the buying habits or quantifiable actions of others by uploading some form of original, often sponsored content to social media platforms like Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, etc. Traditional models and campaign ads are out and influencers are in. Influencers aren't anything new. The term influencer traces back all the way to Shakespearean times. And the term influence appears in a shocking number of Shakespearean plays. Most notable influencers in those days were members of the royal family. The average person saw the royal family's wealth and their extravagance and tried desperately to emulate that wealth for themselves. Sound familiar? Instead of the Queen of England, now we try to copy what the Kardashians do, say, and of course, what they buy. Unless, of course, you're still someone who copies the Queen of England. And honestly, I don't blame you. Shakespeare never implied that influencers were worthy of the praise they received, and centuries later, Oscar Wilde explained the existence of influencers by saying, All influence is immoral. To influence a person is to give him one's own soul. He does not think his natural thoughts or burn with his natural passions. His virtues are not real to him. His sins, if there are such things as sins, are borrowed. In today's world, there are three types of influencers at least according to me. The first type of influencer is what I like to call the talented influencer. This influencer is someone who, surprise, has some sort of talent that gives them credibility and authenticity. This category includes singers, actors, actresses, authors, athletes, and people who are just talented or hardworking in their particular niche. Though I'm sure they would cringe at the term influencer, a talented and authentic fisherman with a large following is technically an influencer. If someone is already successful in something you wish you were successful in, it's only natural to try to see how they got there and what you should do in order to also get there. Another type of influencer, again according to me, 
is the Deep Pockets influencer. The most popular Deep Pockets influencer is Kylie Jenner. Though some may argue she is talented in a business sense, she is regarded as an influencer because of her extreme showing of wealth and her beauty. But there is no talent in already having money or having beauty. And if you disagree with me, well then I guess we'll just agree to disagree. Deep pocket influencers post flashy photos of their cars, their homes, their beautiful hair and skin and nails and everything else that they bought for themselves. And you know, here we are, driving home in our busted ass Honda, wishing we had that gorgeous hair and flawless skin and a black Mercedes instead of the ratty ass bun we threw on top of our heads and that goddamn pimple on our forehead that just won't go away. Am I projecting? The last type of influencer is why we're here today. They're what I like to call the fake it till you make it influencer. Let me give you an example. I'm not going to name any names because this quote-unquote influencer is known for suing anyone who so much as utters her name. This influencer emerged on the makeup scene suddenly and abruptly. With a million followers on Instagram, many people were stuck wondering, who is this and why haven't we heard of them before? There was nothing incredibly remarkable about this person. Their makeup skills were average at best, their mannerisms were a bit childish and honestly grating, and they also seemed pretty inauthentic. Yet here they were, a million followers strong. That's 999,700 more followers than I have. When people began to question her authenticity, her talent, and her credibility, it all fell apart. Well, sort of. Her following, fake. Her collaborations, fake. Her billboard ad, fake. Her Met Gala appearance, super fake. This fake it till you make it influencer was exposed in 2019. But the thing is, she still has a million followers. Even worse, because so many believed that her following was authentic, she was given real collaborations and real money for her fake following. If anything, her being exposed as a fraud made her even more popular. Another fake it till you make it influencer caused some real chaos in April of 2017. If the name Billy McFarland rings a bell, that's because he was the fake businessman who utilized some real influencers to pull off one of the biggest frauds of the 21st century. Together with early aughts hip-hop artist Ja Rule, Billy used the world's most popular influencers to advertise a music festival via Instagram. This music festival, he claimed, would revolutionize music festivals forever. The music festival, dubbed Fire Festival, had packages ranging from $500 for day passes to over $12,000 for luxury accommodations. Billy also claimed that the festival was cashless and every attendee would need to load money onto digital fire bands. Not to mention the entire island didn't have the greatest Wi-Fi connection, so these fire bands would not have worked anyways. There would also be countless music acts, and because so many average people wanted to emulate these influencers, people like Bella Hadid and Kendall Jenner, Billy sold a grand total of $26 million in tickets. Spoiler alert! There was no festival. These people paid, on average, $1,200 on tickets, plus their flight costs, just to stay in FEMA tents eating cold cheese sandwiches while waiting for emergency flights home. The desire to be part of this quote-unquote historical music festival and the desire to be like the influencers they saw gallivanting in the fire festival ads was the entire reason this fraud was able to occur. Without it, there would have been no Billy and no fire festival. Is it really that easy to convince people you're an influencer? Easy? Not really. 
Entirely possible? Absolutely. People have gotten much more savvy in detecting fake followings, but the companies that sell followers have also gotten a lot more savvy. If you want to buy a million followers today, you can. From my research, it would cost you just north of $13,000, which is way too pricey for the average person. But you definitely don't need a million followers to become a fake influencer. If you've got a spare Benjamin, you've got 10,000 followers. There are easily 50 companies that sell quote unquote real followers. The followers you get actually do have a few followers themselves, and most have a fairly active profile. Some are foreign profiles, but at a quick glance, it's not super noticeable that your followers are fake. If you don't have money to buy followers, well, you're in luck. There are apps that allow you to follow or like other pages, and when you do, you earn a certain amount of points. You can then use these points to get likes or follows for your own page. You probably won't get a million followers this way, but you could easily get 100 likes on an otherwise like-free photo. Another way to get a less than authentic following is the follow-unfollow tactic. A person will follow thousands of profiles with the hope that the person they follow will also give them a follow back. And then a few days later, they will unfollow everyone and repeat the process. Take a quick minute to go look at DFFT podcast on Instagram. I'm not famous. I don't have a following. And this is only episode number two of this podcast. I have about a dozen authentic followers at this point, but how many do I have total? Did you think, that's a little bit more than I thought she would have, or how does she have so many followers so soon? Some of you might have suspected that they were fake before this episode, but now you know. It's that easy. And guys, I only spent $13. I'm not gonna lie, I understand the temptation to continue this fake following, I know none of these people care what I have to say, but part of me feels validated seeing a high number in that followers category. Will it help convince someone to give me a chance because that number is higher? It might. So now you've got the numbers, but if you only have a few posts or really low quality posts, your following won't be all that believable. In the case of our fake influencer, you know, she who shall not be named lest she sue your pants off, she had a ton of posts depicting her makeup looks and her appearances at things like the Met Gala and her own billboard in Times Square. Most people were skeptical, but at least there were things to be skeptical about. Instead of placing so much importance on just followers, people now look at a new aspect of Instagram, engagement. Engagement? at least on Instagram, refers to the collective amount of likes, comments, and shares that each post gets in relation to the number of followers that page has. For example, if you have 100 followers and 100 people like your post, you have a 100% engagement rate. But more realistically, if you have 100 followers and 5 likes, you have a 5% engagement rate, which is close to the average rate of most posts. A low engagement rate is highly suspect. So what do our wannabe influencers do? Well, it involves a lot of debt, a lot of falsehoods, and a lot of missing authentic moments. I think a lot of us had a phase where we thought the selfies we took would somehow make us a model. Maybe we had a friend that had a better than average camera and bing, bang, boom, now you have semi-professional looking photos on your Facebook and suddenly you're planning your trip to New York to become a famous model. That happens even more frequently now. 
but most of us have our own cameras and a friend or a significant other we can easily convince to take 40 pictures of us until we get just the right one to share on Instagram. Did you get a new dress? 46 pictures. Going to the grocery store? 32 photos. Just fishing for some validation? 76 photos. And of course, run that shit through Facetune or FaceApp or whatever is the current go-to editing app. This endless quest for validation can land you in some hot water. And by hot water, I mean a ton of debt. Just ask Lizette Calvero, who shared her story to Metro News' Debt Diary series. Lizette didn't think of herself as an influencer, but that's exactly what she was on the journey to becoming. She said she was just trying to keep up with the online persona she was trying to emulate. She never repeated an outfit in a photo, meaning she was constantly shopping for new clothing for the next carefully crafted post. She paid the minimum credit card payment and continued to rack up bills until she found herself $10,000 in debt. Thankfully, Lizette decided she no longer wanted to sacrifice her financial future and transitioned her content to hacks on saving money on travel and living under your means. Her following exploded, and now she makes over $10,000 a month. She's a much more authentic influencer these days, but she admits she was lucky. This doesn't happen for most people. In fact, most people continue to drive themselves deep into debt to keep up with their persona. It's more popular than ever to showcase your wealth with fancy cars and Chanel bags. Do all of these people have a cushy corner office job that allows for this kind of shopping habit? Well, let's do the math, shall we? In the United States, the average salary for a single person in 2017 was right around 36000 since most new fashion influencers are unmarried and in their 20s, this is the number I'm going to go with. And since this was a few years ago, let's just go ahead and round that number up to $40,000. Most financial experts recommend that you spend just 5% of your income on clothing. So that's $2,000 per year for the average person, which breaks down even further to just under $167 per month. Now, the average Chanel purse retails for right around $3,000. That is a year and a half of the average person's entire yearly clothing budget. I hope you're still following me. I decided to do a little science experiment. I searched the tag Chanel on Instagram and tabbed over to recent posts. I scrolled until I found someone physically wearing Chanel and continued until I found a post that was not a repost of a more popular page. The post also needed to be in English so I could more easily investigate. I finally found a post of a man wearing a pair of Chanel slides. And by finally, I mean in a matter of three minutes. I could not find the exact pair he was wearing, which brings up another quick topic, fake designer goods. If these slides were real, the closest I could find similar ones for was $500. Now, I really struck gold with this post. He was a conventionally attractive man claiming to live in LA, and with just under 14,000 followers, he had a pretty decent following, but not enough to really be considered a large-scale influencer. He's the exact person that can fall into the same debt trap that Lizette fell for, if he hasn't already. A quick scan of his page showed me another post of him wearing sunglasses with a Versace logo. I found these exact glasses for sale on the Nordstrom website for $450. Yet another post had a Givenchy t-shirt for $520, 
Balenciaga sneakers for $1,090 and a Fendi baseball cap for $420. You get the picture. In just one week, this young man wore nearly $3,000 in designer merchandise. That means if he spent this amount even just once a month, that would be $36,000 a year. If he were following most financial experts' advice, remember 5% of your total income to clothing, he would need to be making $720,000 a year. That would put him well into the top 1% of earners in the United States. So a 1 in 100 chance of that being the case. And despite his fairly substantial following, he only received an average of 100 or so likes per post. That is less than a 1% total engagement rate, which is not very good. It can also indicate, yep, that the person likely bought their following, or at least some of their following. All of this was discovered in a span of just 15 minutes. Is all of this math getting old yet? Too bad, math is cool. Sometimes designer clothing and Facetune just doesn't cut it. Another common way aspiring influencers catapult themselves into debt is through plastic surgery. In my opinion, there is nothing inherently wrong with wanting to be the best version of yourself, and sometimes that includes seeking out procedures through plastic surgery. But it becomes an issue when young men and women who are seeking out plastic surgery do it in order to meet the growing demand of perfection emulated on their social media feeds. Cosmetic dermatologist Heidi Waldorf brings up a very important point. She said, My only concern, as the popularity of injectables spread, is the coexistent idea that they are no more serious than a makeup application or a hair blowout. These are medical procedures and must be taken seriously and done by medical professionals who are real experts in real medical settings. Influencers not only mention their plastic surgery procedures, they document them for their following in exchange for free surgeries. Medical procedures should never be subject to coupons or discounts. It invalidates the seriousness of medical procedures. Even worse, some plastic surgeons, who, mind you, are still ethically bound to the same Hippocratic Oath as other medical professionals, livestream their patients' surgeries on things like Snapchat, further convincing some impressionable watchers to seek out these surgeons in order to be featured. And here's something else. Over 72% of people surveyed said that they got procedures to look better for their selfies. If so many people are willing to put themselves into debt just to become an influencer, it must be pretty easy to become successful, right? Well, the average Instagram user has just 150 followers, so it only makes sense that the likelihood of making it as an influencer is pretty small. But how small? Well, only a fraction of a percentage of Instagram users have over 100,000 followers, and only 7.5% have over 10,000 followers. Anyone with under 100,000 followers, but typically more than 10,000 followers, are called mid-tier influencers. Mid-tier and micro-influencers, those who have less than 10,000 followers, are seeing an increase in collaborations and sponsorships, but it isn't a fast track to fame and fortune. Not by a long shot. In fact, if you have 10,000 followers with a really good engagement rate, say over 5%, you can make about $100 per post. But that's if you're lucky enough to find a sponsor in your niche and your particular demographic. The math suggests that for every 1,000 followers, you can make about $10 per post. And you definitely won't be getting a new sponsor every day. 
probably not even every week. And unless you want to advertise a certain shit your pants and tell your skinny tea, you won't want to accept every sponsor you're offered. However, the importance of the modern day influencer has a more sinister side, one that involves more than just poor money management and credit card debt. Listeners, do you remember what you wanted to be when you grew up? Many of us might say we wanted to be a doctor, a lawyer, an astronaut, or a ballerina. Personally, I had aspirations to become a teacher. Unfortunately, today's kids are thinking a little differently. According to a study published by the toy company Lego, Western kids are more likely to express a desire to become a famous influencer, vlogger, or YouTuber rather than the careers many of us remember. This might be due, in part, to the rise of child influencers. Like I said before, influencers reach every demographic. Even childless people in their 20s and 30s may have seen one of the most popular child influencers, Ryan. This 9-year-old child has 28 million followers on YouTube and just over 50,000 followers on Instagram. His entire channel is dedicated to him opening toys and playing with them. I wish I were kidding. I spoke with a rather smart and entertaining eight-year-old who said the following when I asked them about Ryan and his toy reviews. He's one of my favorite YouTubers. I watch him a lot because my mom said that if I watch him, it gives him more money and I like him, so I want him to have more money. I didn't have the heart to tell him that this kid doesn't need more money. What he really needs is a real childhood. I then asked this eight-year-old what he wanted to be when he got older, and he said, you guessed it, a YouTuber. As a hobby, I asked. No, he said, they actually make a lot of money and they're famous. With this as an aspiration, why work hard in school? Why get good grades? Why go to college or learn a trade when you can just pull pranks on unsuspecting victims for a laugh? Even if a child were to become a famous influencer, that won't always be the case. It never is. Even Lego found their study alarming. In an attempt to reverse this statistic, Lego has released several large sets devoted to recognizing the Apollo program and the value of STEM education. Additionally, a team of 10 designers and Lego master builders spent nearly 300 hours designing and building a life-size Lego model of Buzz Aldrin in his iconic pose on the surface of the moon. If we went back in space today, would kids even care? When people like Logan Paul have more influence than important and revolutionary scientists, there's a problem. Sometimes influencer kids have entire influencer families. These families put their entire carefully crafted life online. Many family vloggers and influencers have publicly crashed and burned, leading not only to a broken family, but a publicly broken family. I'm sure we all can remember how mean kids can be, but if you don't remember, just step foot into a middle school for 15 minutes. Can you imagine the hell these poor kids go through? Not only that, the children of these influencer families aren't subject to what are known as the Coogan Laws, also known as the California Child Actors Bill. The Coogan Laws were established in 1939 with the goal to protect child actors and performers, as well as their monetary earnings. These laws regulate how often a child can work and for how long, among other things. One particular family likes to upload videos where the whole family, including children as young as three, compete to win $1,000. They do this several times over the course of just a few months. 
it convinces normal kids, like our eight-year-old friend, that this is how real families are, and they begin to expect this from their families too. Imagine the following scenario. A family of eight, two parents and six children, decide to start a YouTube channel. The kids vary in age. The youngest is just three, and the oldest is 14. Over time, their fun family videos gain traction, and they begin to make money. Quite a bit of money. So much so that the fun family videos become business. And because money is on the line, the videos aren't for fun anymore. They're for views. What happens if one of the kids isn't feeling quite up to the fun prank video? Well, that's too bad because this family is expected to upload consistently. And by consistently, I mean daily. What happens if one of the kids gets sick and has to go to the emergency room? Well, it becomes a video, a monetized video with a clickbait photo of a sick child photoshopped to look even more sick than they really are. What happens when a child is going through a tough phase like being picked on or bullied in school? Well, that becomes less important than monetization. After all, mom and dad quit their jobs to run their channel full time. So the family relies on this content and the people who watch it. In fact, the dad's LinkedIn profile lists his job as dad of their YouTube channel. The family might look happy in their videos, but under the smiles and the pranks and the laughs, there's a business. One that tends to exploit children for monetary gain. The children that are a part of these family influencers have little to no say about what is known about them, what is shared about them, and they have little to no privacy. Some influencer parents insist that if and when their children get sick of the limelight, they will happily step away. After all, nothing is worth more than their child's happiness. But with so much at stake, I really doubt the validity of this statement. Then there is the issue of public scandal. What happens when this type of family gets caught up in a scandal? Well, just ask former influencer family Sam and Nia. They were at the top of their influence game, going viral consistently and even making cameos in ads for Disney. That is, until they allegedly faked a pregnancy and ultimately a miscarriage. Shortly after this scandal, it was rumored that Sam, the husband, had been a part of the Ashley Madison data leak, exposing his unfaithful ways. He admitted to this and apologized for his misgivings, and the couple vowed to move forward together. Unsurprisingly, the couple ended up divorcing shortly after. Two consenting adults have the choice and the ability to make their life public. In doing so, they accept the possibility that scandals might be exposed. But what about the kids? They will be forever tied to this scandal, something that they had no part of. Unfortunately, family influencers aren't all sunshine and prank videos. There's a darker side, one of exploitation and exposure, and ultimately business. Before I start this next segment, I want to give a quick trigger warning to those of you who are listening. This segment does talk briefly about self-harm and suicide. Please make sure you are taking care of yourself and your mental health. If you want to skip this segment entirely, you absolutely can do so. Go ahead and skip forward exactly two minutes if you'd like to skip this segment. Sadly, the effects of influencers and their less than perfect lives doesn't stop with child exploitation. During the summer of 2019, a Danish influencer named Fie Larsen sparked a massive amount of controversy when she posted her suicide note to Instagram. Her following, at the time, was nearly 350,000 strong, and her suicide note drew the attention of more than a third of those followers. 
Luckily, Larson survived her suicide attempt, but her actions left a wake of destruction. It plunged the country of Denmark into a debate about the responsibility of influencers and if they should be held to the same standards as other media outlets. After all, an influencer with as much reach as Larson could have easily pushed young or impressionable people to also attempt suicide. I realize this is a very sensitive topic, and to blame Larson for a possible suicide or suicide attempts as a result of her public actions might be going just a little bit too far. However, the mere mention of suicide by idolized people or by the media in general often triggers an increase in suicides. There's actually a name for this. It's known as the Werther Effect. For example, after the release of the popular Netflix series 13 Reasons Why, suicide rates for teenage girls increased by nearly 30%. Similarly, after the deaths of both Kurt Cobain and Robin Williams, calls to suicide hotlines spiked by over 50%. Kurt Cobain's death was followed by a sort of hush-hush coverage for fear that his death would drastically increase the number of suicides. Especially in his hometown and the surrounding Seattle area, influencers can easily convince their followers to buy the latest outfit from H&M, but some may argue that they also have such a strong influence that they can even convince others to attempt the unthinkable. Remember Oscar Wilde's quote, All influence is immoral. To influence a person is to give him one's own soul. He does not think his natural thoughts or burn with his natural passions. His virtues are not real to him. His sins, if there are such things as sins, are borrowed. Looking up to another person is only human. Jealousy and envy are emotions that will always be a part of our lives. But maybe we should take a closer look at who we envy and who we attempt to emulate. Is this who we truly are? Or is this a persona we are chasing in an attempt at approval and love? I know you've heard the age-old saying, you can't buy love. It's true in this case too. Be yourself, be authentic, do what you love and share what you do. I want to see your talents and your interests and your vacations, but it's okay to skip that post. It's okay to live in the moment. It's okay to have 10 followers on Instagram. You are valid with 10 followers. You are valid with 10,000 followers. You are always valued, regardless of a number. Remember that followers are easy to buy, and being luxurious drenched in designer goods is not a reason to be emulated. Follow your talents and be authentic in who you are and who you show the world. And remember, listeners, don't fall for that. If you enjoyed today's episode, please remember to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. It helps others find this show in a sea of tons of podcasts, and it really does mean so much to me. Thank you all for being here. Remember to check out our past episodes and also check us out on Instagram at DFFT Podcast. Also, if you want to look up the transcript or the sources for this episode, they are available on DFFTPodcast.com. I will see you all next week. Bye. I have to Photoshop this photo <laughs> for Instagram. This should be called a tutorial on how to go from Squidward to handsome Squidward. Oh my god. You don't even need plastic surgery. Look at this. This isn't gonna fool anybody. I, I hope this doesn't fool anybody. Oh my god. Gotta get rid of those pesky finger wrinkles. Disgusting.